Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. We're uh, doing a UK Property World special on HMOs and we're going to be focusing on the uh, effect on valuation that good management of your HMO will have. We're joined by KPA Lettings uh, Bristol's uh, I, I suppose leading, leading light um, if I'm allowed to say that uh, I'm sure Angie's going to be listening to it, Ben. Uh, ben is also the uh, co-host of Partners in uh, Property Bristol and uh, one of the group leaders of the Bristol Landlords Group. Uh, further uh, guests on the show are Christine Janaway, a, uh, a fellow of the, uh, the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors, um, and principal of CJ Residential. Um, she's a highly experienced expert on, on valuation in both residential and commercial terms uh, and, and conversant with how, uh, how yield-based valuation works and the methodology behind that. So we're, we're looking at both the uh, valuation side and how you can get an uplift um, and, and the management side and how those two things actually interact. So you're very welcome, Ben. Great to have you on the show. Thank you, Will. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to getting to a good discussion with Christine and yourself today. Fantastic. And, and Christine, uh, once again, great, great to have you back. Thanks. No, this is going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Okay, so uh, let, let's kick off with um, the the valuation. People want to know how how can they get an uplift? What what's the um, what what's the quick version, Christine, of how a valuer or a surveyor uh, that's doing a valuation on a uh, on any any property on a commercial investment basis? How do they actually look at that? And and I think this is one of the appeals uh, that. It draws people into HMOs where uh, they're looking to get a yield-based valuation, particularly um, in in the lower value, lower capital value areas uh, in the country. Sure. Okay. So, assuming for these purposes that it is appropriate for a um, capitalization of the net income stream, um, from a valuer's point of view, the the sort of quick version is. The, the more proof you have of the income stream, not only the gross, but also all the outgoings and thereby the net income stream, the easier it is for the valuer to have confidence that your figures are robust 
and accurate. So record keeping, very, very important and accuracy. Um, the, the other element is uh, your property may be new for newly refurbished, newly filled with um, HMO tenants. <clears throat> but in five years time, it's probably going to look a bit, um, shall we say, the worst for wear. So have you made appropriate allowances for cyclical repairs, maintenance and refurbishments, etc.? Um, are you building into your assumptions void periods, which are um, absolutely going to happen at some point and you can't assume it's always 100% full? Can you, Ben? No. Absolutely, you can, Christine. Absolutely, you can. I challenge that one. <laughs> um, well, they've got to be, each room has got to be empty for a couple of weeks while you redecorate, for example, um, even if that's only once every three or four years. But basically, we're talking about accuracy of information and tracking information over time, because what you want to do is you want to give the value as much confidence as possible. That's the fundamental part. Okay, so that's a great summary. Thanks, Christine. So, so Ben, um, in terms of um, how uh, how can this be applied as a so, so you're a both an HMO portfolio landlord and um, and a, a very active uh, lettings agent within the Bristol HMO market. Uh, you've built up a specialty and. Not only that, you've you've uh, gone further than systemising. You've built a uh, you've built a technology based approach. Uh, your own your own purpose built HMO uh, software system uh, to track these things. So, so do you want to tell us about your thinking about how an HMO can be managed and um, and, and the I, I suppose uh, that the the net profit going up through the cost line, going down a little bit. And uh, as Christine said, uh, uh, reducing the voids is a big, big thing to do there. Yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Sorry, Christine, you made me shut. Voids is a dirty word in our office. <laughs> Not allowed to be used. It's categorically off the cards. We don't allow them. Um, but no, you are right. You do obviously need to have certain damperers when you're doing that cyclical refurb, which is a part of the asset management plan. Um, and a key part of what you're going to be talking to any valuer about. But I think bringing it back to its fundamental, what we're looking at here is treating your property investments like a business. You know, if you don't keep management accounts, and you don't keep detailed records, then you can't prove these things moving forward when you need to as part of getting a yield-based valuation. So that's really, really important. But I think what we'd be looking at is how you can maximize the rent roll and therefore also maximize the net profit for an individual property so that you can then go and maximize valuation when you're speaking to people like Christine. That's the key. So you're looking at how can I increase the rent roll from the same particular property? So can you decorate the room in such a way that it's in keeping with the area? You know, you don't necessarily want to spend a fortune on that reefer, but you do need it to be quality. Things need to be hard wearing and durable. Things, for example, like black taps and black fixings and bathrooms, they look fantastic but they get limescale on them so quickly that they're just going to degrade quicker than other fixings. So thinking with the future in mind is really, really important when you're planning that refurb and you're doing that design. So from there, it then starts to know your area, know what types of tenants that you're looking for. If you are super high end, all bells and whistles, co-living, fantastic. You are going to achieve a high rent, but you're going to have to compete with new waves of investors that are also going for that model every single year. 
a lot more people are getting attracted by HMOs because they can, as you said earlier, be valued on a yield basis. And because you can maximize the net profit from an individual building by running a high-end HMO. But your HMO is only as good as its last refurb. And when things do start to degrade over time, that does get more and more difficult to hit those premium rents when you've got new properties coming to the market. So a couple of tips and tricks that will really help you is know your area's cycle. Generally, it tends to be that the cycle revolves around September. So kind of July and August are your big renting months. You'll find that a lot of tenants are looking for places because students change around that time. You've also got graduate schemes and HMOs for working professional HMOs are very much focused on finding graduates. And they're going to be a big part of your tenant market if you're looking for those higher rents. So know your area's cycles, and that will allow you to achieve slightly more rent and therefore increase your net profit. How you manage costs and things like that is going to depend on the actual property, um, but a clever asset management plan is absolutely critical. So you're looking at that top end. How do I increase my rent roll? Good design, good marketing, and of course, good management as part of that process, and then making sure that you are using the cycles of your area when you're bringing properties to market is really, really important. So that's kind of on the, the rent roll turnover side. From a costs perspective, you have to look at what are your major costs within the property. So you've got all of your utilities, gas, electric, broadband. Can you get a deal where everything is bundled together and maybe it saves you 10, 15, 20 pounds per month? Because all of those things start to add up. Can you educate your tenants correctly on how to not have the heating up full and the windows wide open, which I know a lot of HMO investors complain about. And yes, it does happen. It's not a perfect science. You can't control it every time, but all of these things that you can do and put in place as part of a management plan will allow you to then increase your net profit and in turn, increase your valuation when you're working with people like Christine. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think the, the point about educating your tenants is, is a very good one actually, because it is, it is true. I mean, I've looked at so many um, residential properties in my career, many, many hundreds probably. And um, the better they are maintained and presented by the owners, whether that's on a single property on an ASV or an HMO, the more the occupiers tend to respect that and, and take greater care with it because it does become their home rather than just a transient place for them to live for a while. Definitely. It applies in all categories of property, really. Like, like uh, people often think about industrial as being um, a, a fairly low, um, low design, uh, low level of uh, effort going in. Uh, having the appropriate level of services uh, for uh, going into a particular industrial property will make it more attractive for your unlikely to, uh, to have the same turnover of tenants, the quality of tenants and the level of rent that you can achieve can be uplifted simply by enhancing uh, those services. And, and the same applies across, I think, all categories. There's, there's a key point that I uh, want to pop in here. So why this is so important. Uh, if you're able to create a 10-pound uh, increase in the in the net profitability per month, just ten pounds, and and let's assume that it takes you one hour of your time to create this this ten pound net profitability. Time set out over twelve months, it's one hundred and twenty pounds. The net profitability, as as Christine pointed out, uh, is capitalised on a yield basis, and just for simplicity, we're going to say that. We're going to times that by 10. 
that's 1,200 pounds that you've created and value in one hour. Okay. Now, I, the, the highest billing professional that I, I personally know uh, is 1,050 pounds, and he's, a, uh, he's an international tax manager with a big four firm. And, and that's his billing rate, not, not what he makes. And so if you as an ordinary investor uh, want to create £1,200 of value in one hour and you've got an HMO, you've just got to figure out a way to, uh, to implement a £10 profit increase. Now, if you want to take that a little bit further, uh, and, and assume that you've got eight rooms in your portfolio. It might be two, four beds, or it might be one, eight bed. If you can apply that ten pound across every room, you've just made eight thousand. Now, let's say it took a little bit longer than the one hour to actually implement this a day. Show me something that you can make eight thousand pounds in value in a day. I didn't now, think we wanted to talk about those sorts of things on this podcast. <laughs> now, uh, we, 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 have, we have lots of ways you can do that, but it's a really simple one anyone can apply to their business. But how you actually do that is through having good management systems in place um, and actually looking at them. And then as Christine points out, there's actually another really key uh, part of this uh, where the likelihood of the future profitability. So uh, commercial valuation is essentially about net present value. So, so what the discounted cash flow, uh, so if you were to times out all of the forward cash flow in your HMO and you divide that back and apply a bit of a discount rate, the discount rate is basically around the likelihood of that future profitability, uh, essentially. Uh, and you, you can apply some other factors into it. But um, how do you improve the likelihood as a valuer would see it, as a commercial surveyor, or, or sorry, a, a surveyor doing a commercial valuation? How are they thinking about this? So they're looking at what, what is the, the net profit number and how likely is that net profit number to extrapolate out over a number of months and years? And uh, Richard Nichols from the Property Advantage uh, has made some, I think, outstanding pieces of content uh, around this this thing. Um, and uh, you know, if you, you're, you know, if you've got time to have a uh, a look at some of that, that things, it, it's actually really, really simple. Uh, and, and it comes back to two things: getting your your current net profitability, but also being able to demonstrate that through good record keeping and and that there's actually some thinking around how are we going to uh, like guarantee that this is going to happen, you know, for another five years, because as Christine, uh, you know, has, has accurately portrayed uh, your, your bright, shiny new uh, year one launch HMO, uh, it doesn't look like that in year three unless uh, unless you've, you've made some pretty good moves in terms of uh, the asset management. And what happens is uh, you're, you're going to find that um, you'll, you'll have increased competition at that point uh, and, and you, uh, there'll, there'll be pressure on your, your rent and you either uh, like refresh it, which costs a lot of money, 
and you have to make provision for that in your asset management plan, it becomes more believable to an investor or a bank or, or, or the valuer who's, who's verifying this. And um, I, I think Ben uh, has a couple of uh, you know, uh, more tips around w- where to look for these little, little gains. And then we'll come back to Christine to, uh, to summarise. Where to look for little gains in terms of the net profit that you can make on the property, you mean? Mm. So I think as with net profit, it's calculation at its roots is what's your rent in and what are your costs out? So you're trying to do everything you can to maximize that rent in and everything you can to minimize those costs out. So if you look at it, the rent in, we've already talked about cycles and design is a big one. And that is the things that you can tangibly do with the property in terms of the design or things that you can do with the management and finding of tenants with the cycles. But if we go into that a little bit deeper in terms of the management and finding of the tenants, you should be responding to anybody who's inquiring with you within an hour. Little tips and tricks like that make a huge difference to actually getting people to the viewings. Because I can guarantee you, if you're not responding to messages and getting people to your viewings that quickly, there are people out there that are because we are. And we are booking in full waves of viewings every single time, allowing us to mean that we've got competition for rooms and allowing us to maximize the rent roll for each of those rooms. The competition also drives a time element. So if we've got somebody checking out on one day, we can get a check-in coming out as close to that next day as possible to allow us to keep that void rate at an absolute minimum. And uh, I know it is necessary at times, but 0.02% over four years tells you that it can be done and it can be kept very, very low. It is achievable, but it is also hard work. You know, HMOs are a high cash flow model. They take more time, but you can achieve better results as a result of that so keeping those void rates low when you're looking at a room doing the viewings that's when you should be doing your preliminary checkout inspection and if there's things that you know are going to be wrong with that room have a chat with the tenant say actually that wasn't there and this wasn't there and i'm sure you're going to sort that out before you check out and you'll find the quality of the room you're given at checkout by clever management and people management as part of that checkout process will be of a far higher standard than if you had a just turned up at checkout having not said anything and they don't realize there's anything wrong because they've been living there a long time and what you're giving back is at a lower quality and if you can increase the quality of the checkout every single time that then really adds up over subsequent tenancies over time over time over time and actually as well as you allowing you more rent roll that decreases those costs which is where you start to get that net profit gain another really big one for your net profit gain is going to be how often do your tenants move in or move out So the average tenancy of a room tenancy is nine months. We've managed to get ours up to 14 because we treat people with respect. We're kind to them and we invite them to live as at their home and they want to be there. And when they want to be there, they want to stay there. And if you can keep tenants for longer, then again, they're going to look after the property, but your costs in terms of management are going to go down and you can show that I've got an average tenancy length of X, which means my costs, when you extrapolate that over the period, are going to be lower and therefore my net profit is going to be higher. So that's kind of on the management side and how you can improve that net profit over the long period by doing clever things with your tenant finding, but also your tenant retention as well. I mean, tenant retention is important because a high turnover... Um, you know, a value will ask about these things um, and a high turnover indicates a problem. You know, short, short uh, people move in, six months later they move out. It's like there's a problem with this. What, what's happening? Is it, 
is it are they looking for the wrong sort of tenants are they um is the quality not there are they other occupiers you know a bit of a problem um if you have one tenant who's been there for three years and all the others are moving in and out every six months then obviously you have a problem tenant don't you potentially um so management of expectations you don't mean it's all the others (laughs) (laughs) no that's a really really good point christine and again as part of a checkout process as well as the room have a chat with the person why are you moving out because if somebody is moving out because there's a problem, being proactive about that problem, you know what's going on, you can get in there and you can fix it before it becomes a big, big issue. So if they say, actually, three or four people have told you, actually, it was to do with the housemates, and you're right, one person stayed the whole time, but everyone else has moved out, then there may be something there. And it might just be a simple conversation, opening those communication channels can solve a big, big issue later on. Yeah, sure. Exactly. So... Uh, Christine, we'll, we'll get you to uh, sum up uh, what, what we've covered so far and, and maybe um, what, one key thought uh, in conclusion. Gosh, right. Well, I mean, Ben's covered most of it. The, the actual hands-on management bit is the most important part. So knowing your numbers, um, managing expectations, dealing properly with your tenants, um, not having rapid turnover, dealing with repairs issues, having an asset management plan in place where you are putting aside money for future repairs, maintenance and refurbishment because no value is going to accept that you're never going to spend any money and the whole net of the net income needs to be capitalised. Um, and just being, and having really good systems in place which give confidence um, so that the valuer can think, well, actually, you know, this is, a re- I've looked at several HMOs, they're all a little bit, you know, borderline, whatever, I'm not too sure about this. But this one, um, this one is kosher. That's, that's what you, the more confidence they have, the more likely, I mean, values are just people after all, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, the more confidence they have, the more likely they are to value your property favourably. Yeah. And present them with information if you want. I mean, if it's a fairly new um, HMO and you took it as a wreck and you've show them what you've done. Photographs, you know, speak volumes. Um, show them how you went through the process of turning it from that absolute dump into this really quite high-end HMO and why you did it and the numbers, and what, you know, give them the full thing. Um, they, they're not, there's no, there shouldn't be any secrets involved. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, they need full and open information and the more you can give them the more confidence they'll have yeah absolutely you're you're evidencing that you've thought it through you're not going oh my net profit oh i reckon maybe x oh, a month yeah, yeah and you're oh, i reckon probably i spoke to someone on facebook who's got a property 10 15 miles away oh, i'll probably be no you're showing that you've thought it through you've documented it you've taken research from other areas that either you've done or someone who you're working with has done and you're presenting that to them in a way that it's like these guys know what they're doing that builds confidence and you're treating it as a business which is exactly what it is and not just as an amateur uh, which is regrettably how quite a lot of people treat it so, so guys, uh, thanks for coming on uh, the show. Really appreciate it. You can get hold of uh, Christine uh, Genoway on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably the easiest way. <clears throat> uh, and Ben Nichols, also on LinkedIn. Um, thanks for coming on, guys. Um, I, I just have one special request uh, for any of the listeners. Uh, if you found this useful, 
could you please share with uh, another investor that's interested in creating value through good management? Uh, I'm Will Mallard. I'm a social impact investor, and uh, this is my Property World podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Christine. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.